The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. All right, it feels good to be back in the chair here. A lot of people wondered if I was suspended for a day for my college football rant to open the show on Monday. Oh, yeah? This is how soft everybody's getting. Everyone's obsessed with punishment now. Soft. Talk to me about it. Obsessive. Not enough. Why would I get... Why would I get suspended for a fire take that was right and everyone loved? I should get I should get promoted, right? Not suspended for the way I started the week. Here, uh, it's Rosilla Show. Will Kane again? Straight talk. Time for straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. I don't know what it is, but I, I feel recharged, rejuvenated. Twenty four hours in the city, the cité, your home. See my kids. I didn't have time. Oh. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Studio fifty four? No. Didn't uh didn't go out. Didn't go out. It was a Monday, school night. This New York is... City, man. Never sleeps. Oh, trust me. There's all sorts of weird stuff, but no, very uh very tame. Celebrity sighting. I saw a Jesse Palmer billboard. That was pretty cool. Wait, 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 wait. Your celebrity sighting was a billboard? Yeah, of Jesse Palmer. And by the way, Palmer's gonna talk to his agent. His name is so small on the billboard. That's because he's a face jock. I mean, he's down. I'm telling you, like at some point your fame. You don't need the name. It's like Beyonce? Yeah, you think Who's more put... famous, Palmer or Beyonce? What market are we talking about? The world. It's close. I met Adam Morrison, Gonzaga. I went to the first half of Zags Villanova, MSG, world's most famous arena. Nice. You did spend your the time Mecca. in New York City well. Yeah, I did. I walked around Soho, which I like. Yeah. I, I saw Will Reeve. It was unbelievable. 24 Did hours. Did you bump into Will Reeve? No. You we, hook, you... we made a social plan to, to get together and have uh, one Peroni. How about that? Yeah. I didn't even know if he used a fake ID to get in or not. <laughs> <laughs> Be that honest. So when you young. reached out to Will Reeve, did yes. you think, and I'm not questioning how much you like Will Reeve. I know you like Will Reeve. But did you, you think it sounds like you're chance? questioning if I like Will Reed? No, I know you like, you've never texted me when you come into the city and when apparently you're on the first name basis with everybody at your favorite hotel. Take care of your, your car. What do you think I thought when you're telling me this whole story? I'm like, huh, <laughs> he comes to the city a lot. Not one text. No, no. Did you think that Will might bring company that you would be interested in meeting? <laughs> like the, <laughs> you mean like the Jonas Brothers or one yeah, Jonas? Totally what I mean. A bonus Jonas, as, as Bubba likes to say. Uh, no, I, I like Will Reeve, and he told me that he lives next door to my favorite hotel. Mm. So I thought, hey, I know you had a long weekend. If you want to walk across the street, I'm across the street. If you don't, no big deal. We watched some of the Cincinnati. ETW, don't come alone. <laughs> yeah. No, he did. He did. It was just me. And then, uh, you know, we uh, we watched some football and that was it. So I don't know. Is this interesting to anybody? Because I feel like I dragged it out a little too long. I'm sorry. But I don't know. It's something about being in the city, man. It's something about, you know, you're up here. I love Connecticut. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, just being down there, moving, shaking, 40-40 club. Saw it outside. Took a picture of it during the there. day. I've been there. You've been there at night? I've done bottle service at the 4040 Club. This is like sitting, this is like doing the show with Jay-Z. You you don't know me. (laughs) So anyway, all right, that was the last 24 hours. Moving ahead, uh, that Monday night game, which I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about, but we've talked about because of the suspensions, the injury, the intent, the violence of that game, and then we've had Juju Schuster-Smith suspended for a game. Ioka, he has had his suspension reduced now, so he's not, he's not, getting the the game anymore, but Gronk got a game, and now everybody's kind of doing, speaking of obsessed with suspensions and punishments, mm-hmm. the second guessing of Gronkowski's only one-game suspension for his hit on Tredavious White. Here's Lewis Riddick. 
What's interesting to me, though, now is when you look at the Gronk situation and you look at the Mike Evans situation and you see, okay, now you just see the end result, one game for Gronk, one game for George Iloka, one game for Juju Smith-Schuster. How can you not subjectively sit here and say what Gronk did is much worse? How can you not? How can you oh, not yeah. say I that? I don't think yeah. you can. I asked this question so how, I, so you know what people, I, now the next question is going to be, well, how can you give him one game yeah. and give Juju Smith-Schuster one That's game? Exactly how, can you make that, how can you make that comparison? But the league right now, if you want to change the game, still keeping the game at its base the same, if you want to start disciplining people, you better come up with a better way of being consistent about this. Because when you do this where it looks exactly like Tim said, when you're disciplining off the net result and it looks like you're being reactionary, like, let's take the temperature. Let's see what people yeah, are saying are about be, this. If we, if we are sustain, they going to be mad? Yeah. Let's hit them. The, They're not going to be mad? Mm, like you, players are fine. You, you can't do that. Right. So Juju Smith-Schuster out for the game. Is Gronk's hit worse than any of the stuff we saw for Monday night? Uh, it's not even close. Yes. Yes. I mean... I agree that it's worse. You do? Yeah. It's easy to diagnose. He did it after a play. He did it. All he had to do was touch Tredavious White. Play's dead. He was already out of bounds. Play was. Oh, he, okay. Yeah. So the play if, was if I go dead. Back and remember he didn't even have it, yeah. to be touched at all. Yeah, I don't think he was even in bounds. He came from behind. It was backfighting. He loaded up with the intention to hurt. Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't think in any way should receive the same suspension as Rob Gronkowski. Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't think should be suspended at all. His hit was in the course of a play. I guess his sin is standing over Vontez Perfect at the end, because i got to tell you, I think the hit's clean. Yeah, him standing over, it's what's screwing up Juju on this deal. Okay, And I also think in the course of that game, it starts turning into, how can I get my shot in while I'm still playing the game? Like I think whatever the bar of, of respecting your opponent is, Higher, lower, however you want to phrase it, you you start doing different stuff in that Pittsburgh Cincinnati game. What I would ask though is, can something be worse, and then therefore it doesn't have to necessarily be more of a suspension? That's that's what I'm getting at here. Yeah, I think we all agree the Gronk thing is worse, but does it mean that it has to be two games versus one game? Should it be four games? Because when you start doing this stuff, like I understand the NFL just going, yep, this is bad, this is bad, this is a little bit worse. The thing with the hit on Lattimore by Mike Evans, okay, I understood what he was doing there. If you start doing this whole thing where it's like, this is worse, this was, rank them all in order. Let's have power rankings of whose hit was the worst <laughs> or who was the most dangerous. And the most dangerous has to get this maximum number. Like we actually want to make it more complicated because we think that helps with fairness. When I'm saying, even though it may not be fair, we got to stop acting like children with every single punishment announcement going, well, that one's worse. Well, that one's worse. This one's worse than that one. How come this guy's, hey, the NFL's just going, look, that one's bad. That one's bad. I know they're different. They're a game. All right, move on. Okay. And I think that's fair. Let me ask you something quickly, Sarudi. Do you agree with what Ryan just said? That it's inconsistent and that's fine? I don't think it's okay. All right, so this is interesting. Sarudi and I had this debate yesterday while you were out, and that's the College Football Playoff Committee has made it clear that they don't want to set any standards, right? They want to have the freedom of inconsistency. They want to have the freedom to do what they want without being questioned as to their standards. Because every year will be different. And both you and Sarudi like that. You like that freedom from the committee. There are others that want standards and they want everything defined so they understand the process of how you arrive at your conclusions. When it comes to this justice, the meeting out of discipline, Ryan, I mean, I think this is what I get what you're saying. We can't have this thing scripted out to the sentence and the letter and every potential possibility of a hit to say this is how this one is distinguished from that one. and It's a different punishment. But at the same time, and I don't mean, look, man, like a seminal moment in history was when. 
the British monarch was forced to concede the idea of the Magna Carta. We're going to write laws down. It's not just going to be whatever the king says. And when the king, in this case, being Roger Goodell, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel fair that his hammer of justice, swinging that gavel, is the only thing that matters. It might be nice to have some clarity on how you arrive at your decisions. But even if they gave us that, if they gave us this clarity, the defined things, and put all of this stuff down in writing, we would still be going, well, wait a minute, before in 2015, you said this. and that. I just don't understand why people get so worked up about this stuff anymore. The Gronk hits worse, mm-hmm. but does that mean it has to be extra games? By the way, are you surprised it's a locus hit that the suspension was rescinded on? I mean, Schuster's hit is the one I would say rescind the hit on. A locus was dirtier. A loc- <laughs> Well, no, I, a lot of times on those passes with guys in the secondary, I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt because the target always seems to go low as they, and it's pretty clear. He's like, I'm going to light up Antonio Brown here, but Brown pops right back up. I think the player getting up helps you. Tredavious White not being injured and eventually, you know, granted a bloody mouth gets up and is able to walk away where the perfect thing looked really bad for a time. So I think that, I think it becomes that intended. Yeah, what's the intention? But then, like, what was the end result? The Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. I know Will's about to be in a great mood. Everybody's sitting here. You guys got your daytime soccer. Who we got right now? Should we even say? Because I don't want people to change the channel from the Rosillo Show <laughs> with Will Kane, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Yesterday was Saruti's day. Romo was playing. That is my day. Man City's playing. Man City's playing. This is fun for you guys. Roma won their group. What's up? See, that's what you don't, I think that's what you're missing about soccer. It interferes with nothing. It's just more sports you get. I don't want any more. I don't, I don't want to have to watch anything. But hold on now. Let me just change it again. There's no have to to it. I understand that sports has become your job and you're hanging out. Like last night, I watched University of Texas, VCU. I watched, uh, Arizona, Texas A&M, knowing full well we were not going to talk about that today. But that was fun for you. Oh, it was joyful because of UFC, that. The UFC on Saturday, I wanted to watch that, but I go, there's no way I should be paying attention to the pay-per-view for the UFC tonight when I got the Big Ten and ACC championship game, although I probably could have just turned off the ACC championship <laughs> at some point. You can watch soccer with no obligation, no responsibility. Just take it in and acknowledge your ignorance. And By the way, it. is the U... Hey, can I just say I was a little bit on that? Yeah, I mean, a little bit saying there's some overratedness going here. They avoided, because of Bama being in over Ohio State, and if Ohio State had gotten in over Bama, maybe there wouldn't be as much backlash publicly because people aren't as sick of Ohio State as they are Alabama, although Ohio State I would put in that group of finding a way to work their way back in after a mistake. But uh, Miami got so smashed that, that no one, it wasn't even part of wasn't even part of Monday's deal. Wait, I want to ask Ryan a question. It's called football, okay? Yeah. Don't worry. It's sports. I know it's unplanned. It's not on our run sheet, and it could make you mad. So hold on. Saruti, I'm going to ask Ryan that thing that I did to Matt Berry yesterday. Mike, remember when I did that? Will he get mad? Probably. Okay. But you don't do it anyway. All right. Do it anyway. All right. I just want to ask you a question, right? Yep. About the whole college football playoff committee. I'm scared that I'm running headlong into a buzzsaw of Ryan Rant that was laid down the day before. Can I just say this? A few more caveats. I'm with you. Right four teams. I'm with you. We select the better team. I get it. You had some better quality wins, Ohio State. Nobody thinks you're better than Alabama. Okay? I'm in. We're all together here. We agree on the conclusion. <laughs> Taking a very long time for you to Can say Can I just stuff. ask you this? If Wisconsin had beaten 
Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, who would have gone to the playoffs? Wisconsin. Was Wisconsin the better team than Alabama? I don't believe so. I don't think anybody believes so. Nobody. Mm -hmm. For 12 weeks of commentary, 13 weeks of commentary, nobody thought Wisconsin was better than Alabama. But we would have taken them. Okay, just clear on the whole, we take the best team thing. Yeah, no, I understand what you're doing. As if I haven't already thought about this before. Oh, uh, that's a no, but it's just, quality. It's. <laughs> I think the most deserving and best thing is like a lot of this. It's a moving target. I mean, would you pick? In other words, there are no standards. Um. No. See, I know what you're doing there. You're trying to get me to go down a road so you can say like, there's there's nothing to any of this. Like, do you think Auburn's better than Alabama? Hmm. Oh, they were that one night. Do you hate it when I'm smart enough to figure out like how to answer these questions back to you? I don't feel like I would. Uh, apparently, I'm so dumb. I don't know how I got got yet. <laughs> You're about to. Hold on. All right. Do you think Auburn is better than Alabama? Yeah, I'm going to say Auburn's better than Alabama. Yep. Yep. So they why? Beat them. So why yep. aren't they in? Well, no, no, no. See, what I'm doing is, and you can't get me. I can't be God because what I'm doing is. And all the caveats you thought I was laying down is, I agree with you guys. I agree that these are the four best teams, except I did just say Auburn's better than Alabama. What I'm telling you is pointing out the flaws in my own argument. I don't think any of this is bulletproof, and I don't think you can peacock around going, you know what, we take the four best teams, when if you change that outcome of the Big Ten Championship games, it becomes pretty clear you don't just take the four best teams, because you wouldn't have taken Alabama over Wisconsin. But I'm okay with that. I don't. I don't understand. I think between the first hour of the show and right now, what's clear is you're okay with moving targets, fickleness, dictatorial. <laughs> you're clear. You're good with no rules and standards. Right, and you you defend sexual harassment. <laughs> Check out our first hour if you don't get that reference uh, to the backlash to Will's very reasoned take on this whole thing. Auburn has three losses. You can't put them in. You can think they're better than Bama, and you're probably right. They just beat them. Now, granted, they beat them at their place, but there's there's a there's a level that you can go to this where you go, I think Alabama's better than Ohio State, and oh, Ohio State has two losses. Okay, I'll do this. I think Alabama's better than Wisconsin, but Wisconsin won the Big Ten. Maybe it's the best conference. They are 13-0, and even though the schedule was poo-poo until the 13th game. Yeah, if I were in the room, I would hope people were talking like this. So everybody that wants to get mad at the committee for all of these standards, like what, in what world have you been living in? Where you go, okay, this group of people are going to go in a room, they're going to have opinions about things, they're going to come up with something, and you're going to like all of it. No, I, uh, You're going to like how they get there. You're going to love all their work. You know, show me your math. You're going to let, you're going to like, no, nah, it doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. That's why I'm okay with it. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm tired of. We need a sports Magna Carta. No, then we don't. Why? Why do we need more lists? Why do we need more qualifications for every single thing that we're doing? It's like the Hall of Fame debate. Like, should these guys be in? If Bonds is in, I have no problem with it. And if Bonds has a plaque, I would go, okay. No, no, we need to put something else next to it. Why? If you're enough of a baseball guy to go to Cooperstown and pay for an admission and walk around, why do you need a sign? that tells you something you already know. I Are you think, afraid of the people that visit the Hall of Fame that didn't pay attention to baseball? I think it all works out. And again, to revisit the top, I agree with the conclusion the committee arrived at. And it all works out having no rules and living in this laissez-faire, libertarian dream, let them do what they want. They yeah, are, you're turning there into- are our benighted leaders, these 13. It all works out when we agree. And you're just assuming, and by the way, it hasn't, it'll never go bad. 
It'll never go bad. They'll never make the wrong choice. They'll never be completely and obviously irrational. And what I'm telling you is, it's not. There's no history or standard of rationality. We're just getting lucky that they agree with us. Yeah, but you're turning the committee into Deadwood, and that's what I think is a reach here. Hold on, flesh that out for me. Al Swearingen? Yeah. Just kind of behind the bar telling you what happened? Pinkertons. (laughs) Yeah. Take some of these dudes out. I hate the Pinkertons. Uh, I'm accusing the committee of being at the top going dilly-dilly. You know, pit of misery, let it happen. Everybody's like, what? Wait. You just sound like paranoid to me. You're paranoid that the committee is going to do something that we, you're, you're basically saying that we shouldn't trust the committee. Eventually that they're going to screw us over and do something wrong. I just think you're good loyal subjects. So you think I'm a good loyal subject who who questions nothing. Is that what you're saying? And, and again, I'll, I'll remind everybody here. They put in Alabama over Ohio State. They didn't decide to go, you know, we just like the way TCU closed. No, 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 no. Don't, don't refuse that. No. Don't, don't revisit. I didn't say they got it wrong. I think they got the same right teams. I'm actually being, you know that whole thing that Ranchy did the other day went viral? I'm the one telling you the truth. I'm the one. Hold on. Don't, let me don't be taking my no, line. No, I'm taking your line. I'm building on it. You know what? I'm changing it. I'm building <laughs> don't on it. take my Just line. listen to this. I'm the one not being biased because I'm pointing out the holes in my own argument. You just don't like that it happens to be yours as well. I'm pointing out the flaws in our own logic by saying you wouldn't have taken Alabama or Wisconsin. So the better team thing, who's the four best team thing, is not exactly bulletproof. No, it isn't, and I've never said that it was. But what I'm telling you is you really think I'd be sitting here this long not thinking about a 13-0 and Wisconsin scenario? Told you it'd make him mad, guys. No, it didn't make me mad, but it's it's... It's absurd to think that I wouldn't have thought about that. And I've said, and we said prior to, if they win, I go, you know what? I'd probably just throw them in there, and that's okay. You know, if if Auburn, if we're all going to sit here and go, hey, Auburn's probably better than Bama. They just beat them. Now, we don't know which version of this Bama team we're going to get. And I'm mentioning these linebackers that get back from all these injuries with all this time off. But then you can't put Auburn in there. You go, you know what? I may think you're better, but I can't justify it. Bama, Ohio State could be justified. That's well, in the, the end, what you're upset is that I thought you might not have considered this scenario. <laughs> okay, got it. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Rossillo. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. And now another edition of Obvious News from Geico. Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in obvious news, Geico makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's obvious news from Geico. 
I talked a little bit about the rule stuff with Gronk, where I feel like we are obsessed with punishment. We want everyone to be suspended all the time. We want people to be suspended even further. We want more language. We want more rules. We want to somehow feel better if something's different than one has to be treated differently than the other. I think the Gronk hit was the worst thing that we've seen from the entire week, worse than the stuff from Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. But I'm okay that, hey, man, we're giving you a game. You're getting a game. Boom, boom, boom. Crabtree, you guys end up getting a game. Two to one, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and I think this topic is, is very similar, and that is when a college football coach leaves, for the most part, we hate it, and we hate it because we feel like it's unfair. We feel like the coach has more rights than the player. I've said numerous times, that's kind of the way life works, folks. The person that's in charge, your boss gets to do things that you don't get to do. When you go on a sales trip or you go to some convention together, your boss is probably staying in a nicer hotel. They might have a closer parking spot. Like A lot of that stuff happens. Now, the college football thing is looked at far worse because we feel like, look, as we said, we, there's the Bennett brothers theory of college sports is slavery. And then you can move up or down from that. Mostly down. Yeah. Uh, I don't agree with that, but I think that there's some, some problems with the way the uh, finances work in this. Okay. So Jimbo gets this deal. Jimbo gets this deal, goes to A&M, 75 million, outrage about that, outrage about the private jets now all the time from everybody on social media. But Jimbo went on with Golik and Wingo this morning, and he was asked specifically, like, how did this thing go down? Okay, and see if you buy Jimbo's side. We had a team meeting. I was planning on coaching the game on Friday because they had got to my representation and started to make the offer, and I was going to decide on Saturday night or Sunday. And our president asked me if I could make a decision on Friday, thought it would be best. So I went over and met with him approximately 11, 30, 12 o'clock, somewhere in that range. And we sat down and talked about it, and, and I made a decision. But we weren't going to – no one was going to know, and I, was, I, he was, I had to tell him that. Then, and then I was going directly to our team meeting at 2 o'clock and was going to tell the players. And when I walked in, and I told the players. Okay. All right, so he told the players. But then we had DeAndre Francois, the quarterback, who, again, was hurt in that Alabama game to start the season. He tweeted out, no call, no text, nothing, SMH. All right? So he was – Jimbo was asked about Francois. I understand situations. They make very similar situations. Just, you know, for instance, like Derwin is right now. He has to leave and go to the NFL and has to decide whether to play in a bowl game. And that guy. Okay. Now, wait a minute. I'm backing this up because this is him talking about how he has to leave and how similar this is to Derwin James, their safety, their all everything guy, going to be a top 10 pick. And Derwin is going to leave school early. I understand situations. They make very similar situations. Just, you know, for instance, like Derwin is right now. He has to leave and go to the NFL and has to decide whether to play in a bowl game. And that guy right there is as great a competitor as you ever put on the field and as great a young man. And it's kids understand that. And, you know, mostly we've, I've talked to a lot of our players since then and text back and forth and, you know, had a good rapport with all that whole scenario. But, you know, unfortunately, that's a part of this thing that's not always a fun thing. So that bothers you. The comparison to Derwin James? Oh, I think he's going to bother a lot of people. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm more on the coach's side on some of this stuff, but that one, it just sounds bad. Let me tell you, I got into this debate, and it ended up being a, deba- a debate with Matt Barry yesterday when you were out, because the move that really offended Barry is less so Jimbo Fisher and more so Willie Taggart, because Willie Taggart only stayed at Oregon for one year. So he spent that year convincing a program, and more importantly, recruits and kids, that he's committed to this idea, come stay and play with me, and he's gone in a flash. I think in both situations, I don't, I don't know if it's philosophical, like you should be able to have freedom of movement of your job. It's logical. It's understanding that a guy's going to take $75 million if it's offered to him. But I have a hard time 
I'm certainly not going to say coaches shouldn't be able to do this. You can say it's unethical to say, come join me, join my program. I promise to be here. I promise to bring you along and mean none of it. I mean, clearly that's unethical. And clearly a lot of kids who feel like they signed up to be with a coach more than just a program, as you pointed out to Damian Woody, there are guys who sign up. I'm, I'm going to wear burnt orange. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not necessarily going for Charlie Strong. Those guys exist, right? But I think a lot of these guys do sign up to play for certain coaches because of their style, because of their offense, because of their personality, because of their belief in them. And then now it's gone. And I do think you have some accountability there. The Taggart one is tough because you're right. It's one year. But if you're Taggart, what are you supposed to do? I'm with you on that. You're, from, you're right. from, even though the homecoming to Tallahassee, he played at Western Kentucky. He's from Bradenton. But, all right, so you're back at Florida State. Florida State's a better job than Oregon. And it's there. Are you supposed to say no? You're supposed to say no? I think the sooner we all understand that everybody in this world is kind of out for themselves, then maybe the quicker we get over this stuff. Do you think kids should be able to transfer schools without sitting out a year? I used to think it was the dumbest thing to have it be no year to sit out because I think college basketball is going to be insane how often guys would be transferring. You'd be recruiting your own guys by December. You'd have these freshmen in who aren't getting enough minutes or a few shots don't go down, and you go, okay, look, now we got to recruit this guy to make sure he doesn't just leave and then go to some other conference or stay in conference. But now, because of how outraged everybody is, like I want everybody to kind of get their wish. I want every college basketball fan that thinks it's unfair that coaches have benefits over players, which is, again, I think kind of a reflection of how life works when you have managers and employees. Um, and as I say, employees, people are going to say, well, these guys aren't paid. And, and yeah, the NCAA and, and the coaches and all of these people use education when it benefits them and that it's a student athlete. Like They do that when it benefits them, and then they try to ignore it when we're talking about transferring that stuff. But I'd be fine. I'd be fine with everybody being able to transfer however they want to transfer, more power for the player, if we stop judging these coaches for doing things that basically every single one of us would do if given the same opportunity. Deal. Deal. Okay. I'm for freedom. I'm right. for, not to be cliched and coin that, but I, I think coaches should be able to move freely because, as you just said, every one of us would do the same thing if offered $75 million. And I think it needs to be reciprocated to the players. I don't think in-season transfers make sense. You got to serve out your commitment of the season, but you know they should I, be able to transfer without sitting out a year. Yeah, I'm with you now with that. The Derwin's tough there though because I, I think some people will listen to that and be like, "Wait a minute!" So now you're, you're trying to say that like you bolting from this group and Francois again got twenty thousand retweets, no call, no text. You could have said something. Jimbo did explain with those guys this morning. He's like, he was in class. We had this meeting. You can believe Jimbo. You cannot believe Jimbo. But when he says, yeah, you know, Derwin James may leave early and it's just, it's the same deal with him. And then they're going to go, no, 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 no. You have 75 million on the table. This is a kid who hasn't been paid yet that's looking for an NFL career. What I'm saying is that every time there's an exit, if you lose a job, you'll always feel like it should have been handled a different way. When you're tra- these baseball players, I've heard it from players where they go, you could have called. And then what happens? The GM calls and he leaves a voicemail and then you hear all he did was leave a voicemail. And you go, all right, so then what am I supposed to do? And then the guy will go and find the person and try to say face-to-face, hey, we're going to trade you. And then the guy will say, hey, I don't want to talk to you right now. You just traded me. So very rarely will you have friends or anyone in any walk of life where you go, hey, how was that when you lost your job? You'll be like, oh, loved it. Handled perfectly. 
couldn't have gotten rid of me better. Or, hey, you quit your job. How did your boss feel about it? Total support. Loved it. That you I wouldn't bailed. want that. Yeah, right. You actually wouldn't want that. <laughs> so I, I understand people not liking Jimbo. I understand people not liking the words. I understand the hypocrisy of college sports and all these different things. But I'm not going to trash a coach for going to a gig that he wants more, especially for a bump in pay. Yep. Um, I, I know you had one little thing there. Go well, on. I was just going to say this. I've met a lot of coaches. I know you have as well. And they've come through ESPN. You meet them on their media days. And I, and I found this, Ryan. I found essentially three categories of college football coaches. you got the CEO type, button down. I don't know how you connect with the players, but you might make all the trains run on time type of coach. You've got... Your good old boy, like, I understand 100% how you're connecting with the players, but how does the whole thing run kind of guy? And then you've got this, I think, which is a rare class that is both, both a CEO and a good old boy and somebody you connect with who could you can envision in the living room recruiting and you can envision with a billionaire. Those are rare. I will tell you That's this. That's the Mac Brown one. That is Mac Brown to a T. And I will tell you that when I met Jimbo Fisher, he is in that rare class, in my judgment, of who can be in both of those rooms. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Rossillo. As we told you earlier in the show, interim head coach of the New York Giants, Steve Spagnolo, has named Eli Manning the starter for this weekend. We got Will Kane today on the Rossillo Show on ESPN Radio. As a Cowboys fan, how terrified of Eli in this game should I be this weekend? He hasn't been great this year. Not to say that he should have been benched, but... Um... I don't know. I mean, between the old line and the lack of offensive weapons, what do you think? Is he going to be just so mad he's going to take it out on you guys without any of his receivers? I revenge mean, game. Revenge game? Oh, yeah. Show him a game. It's really this isn't it. better for you. This isn't better that Didn't he gets Gino starting? <laughs> yes, yes. We I was really agree. hoping Davis Webb was going to start, to be honest. Let's just feel this thing out. Look at old Davis Webb. Do you have quarterbacks that you look at, and if they make like a decent throw, you're at home? Where you're sitting with your buddies, maybe you're at a bar, and you go, you know, I I was kind of like Joe Webb. Joe, oh Joe, yeah, Webb. Not, yeah I not forgot Joe, about Joe, like Joe Webb. Webb got I that, you got Bills that game. wrong. For Tyrod was really bad against this past the past weekend, and I, and I all the Tyrod apologies. You can tell me what the stats are, whatever. I don't care. I didn't want to hear him. Um, he had a bad game. You can tell me it's a knee injury, whatever. But Joe Webb got in there at one point, not Peterman, but mm-hmm. Webb, and he let it rip, and he missed McCoy, which could have been a touchdown. So it wasn't even necessarily the right throw. Mm-hmm. But I just I think all of us have these quarterbacks that we have. I don't even call it a blind spot, but too much. Well, I'll tell you one that I did support for. I did one recently, and I know how I get into this position. Sure, <laughs> and I'm regretting it. Uh, there was some Jay Cutler defense. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> did you mean to hit the laughter or the whoa? <laughs> kind of worked out. You know, I just felt like Cutler gets a little bit of a he's awful rap when actually what he is is pretty average. But you Ooh, know how, I don't know. I think he was. I think he was dangerous. But I figured out how he's average because he can be good and he can be awful, and that averages out. He's not consistently average. Would you rather have Tyrod <laughs> or Cutler? Now, right now? No, I would say. Well, it would have to be peak versus peak because there was some decent. Peak Cutler, Cutler was. I mean, yeah, was, there wasn't a lot of peak Cutler. Though. That's the problem. It was above average though, Pete Cutler. See, I think I think I'd still rather have Tyrod. Right now, I mean, of course, I'd rather have Tyrod yeah, because that's right the whole now. point. Is Cutler has been so bad this year? I, just, I don't know. So again, uh, what happens when you hang around a guy like Stephen A. Smith, who's constantly telling you that Cutler is garbage and he's trash? And then you start to then like you're him. Going, you know more. what? He's not. That's not accurate. And then this happens. 
Yeah, the tie rod thing was a little bit like the football resumes. Like, I know Ohio State what your argument is going to be. Hey, Alabama, I know what your argument is going to be. I know what everyone's argument is going to be and the stuff that you will leave out. And the tie rod supporter will tell me, I already know. QBR, I got it. Yeah, Mike Glennon's contract was too much. Yep, understood. We agree on a lot of this stuff. But maybe it was just because tie rod was hurt this past Sunday. I want to do one more little Jimbo Fisher thing here because we were just talking about it because I just think him saying, hey, you know, I had to leave A&M. Derwin James has to make a decision too. That's not going to go over well. People don't want to hear it because people are not, the majority of people that are sports fans are not sitting here, especially with a microphone going, you know, I kind of like, I like things unfair. I like, I like the You curse. have whole show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do. I've done, I've done the unfair thing. I'm, I'm fighting for the unfair. But Lebetard, who, by the way, deserves a lot of credit, because he's been getting crushed down in Miami for a, a, a few things, but he was like, Clemson. "Oh, really? You know, he was Clemson's going to destroy them. He's going to just the Hurricanes is back, folks. No, it's not. So I'll give him credit for that. But this is an interesting uh, assessment of Jimbo. This is once Jimbo got the deal. Jimbo Fisher, Stugat. Jimbo Fisher, who is not special in any way. He right. just happened to be the guy who was at Florida State after Bobby Bowden. Jimbo Jimbo Fisher is not a special, brilliant coaching mind. When he lost his quarterback this year, he had six losses. Right. When he has not had Jameis Winston, he has been just another guy. Pretty average. (laughs) I just love Stu going, yep, yep, totally right. Pretty average. Agree or disagree? I disagree. And I just laid it out for you to some extent uh, in the prior segment. Here's the thing. Jimbo Fisher inherited a heck of a program from Bobby Bowden. Jimbo Fisher had an amazing quarterback in Jameis Winston. They, you have Jimbo Fisher's one win-loss records, right? Sruti, without Jameis Winston, I mean, it's clearly not as good as it is with Jameis Winston. Right. Um, but here's the analysis that I gave, and I believe that I have met three different classes of college football coach, coaches. The guy you can put into a, recruit, a recruit's room. The guy who can uh, is a good old boy that you can imagine playing golf with or hunting with. Then there's the CEO type, the guy that you're like, man, nice personality out there, but I'm sure everything's buttoned down. And then you got the cross section, the guy who's both, who can go into the living room with a recruit and into the boardroom with a billionaire. And that has to happen at big programs. And Jimbo was in that class where I can see him being in a billionaire's office and in a recruit's living room. And you have to have that at some programs. Some programs you don't. But Texas A&M, I think, needs one of those kind of guys. But do you think he's a good coach? When you hear him say, oh, no Winston average. Yes, I think he's a good coach. Yeah, I think Levitard's so wrong on this one. I'm actually shocked he's this wrong. Uh, and he's usually really good at this stuff. But if you look at what Jimbo has done as an OC at LSU, helps win a national title. All right, you want to say it's all saving? Fine, I'll even give you that one. Scott Woodward, who worked there at the time, is now the A&M AD. Does he think that Jimbo's a moron? And he goes, you know who was terrible 15 years ago at LSU? That guy. I'm going to have him be my head coach. Okay, you want to throw the no Jameis thing at me? If you don't look it up, that sounds accurate. But when you look it up, he went, Jimbo did. He's somebody that with EJ Manuel went 12-2. and With Winston goes undefeated. The next year with Winston. So the numbers are pretty good there. But then he was 10-3 and 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 10-3 post-Winston. So it's not like all of a sudden he's this disaster. Six and six is not who Jimbo has been, even though that's who he was. And you have to remember, he didn't inherit this beautiful running machine from Bobby Bowden. Florida State was stagnant for a bunch of years. From 09, Bobby's last year, when I talked with him in 09, and he told me he was coming back for one more year, and that's how it was all going to go down. He was fired that week. 
Uh, there's a stretch there from like 2004 to 2009 where it's it's nine and five, nine and three, eight and five, seven and six, seven and six, nine and four, seven and six. Jimbo was inheriting not the Florida State that Bobby had rolling. He was he was inheriting this stagnant deal. So to say that okay LSU, let's forget his success there. I'll I'll even I won't even use the LSU thing to say that he just took over for Bobby and then was lucky with Jameis. You're finding a way to argue against him every single time. I'm not even telling you Jimbo is one of my all time favorite guys, but to suggest that he's Winston and a nothing without him is not telling the entire story. Ponder first round pick. He got EJ Manuel to be a first round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he's going five and seven without Winston in four other seasons and just happen to have two really good ones with Jameis. They're really good with Jameis, don't get me wrong, but there's some other really good ones in there as well. All right, I thought Sarudi had something to say. Sarudi's like, I'm out on this. <laughs> the Ryan Rosillo Show. Thank you for listening to the Ryan Rosillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan Rosillo Show podcast. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. We have Anna Rossini. God, my earpiece is so loud right there, so I'm sorry. Mid-sentence there, getting cut off. Will Kane, Rossini here on the Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio, giving you Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. There was a tease written up here that I guess I was supposed to read that we were going to talk football and that Diana's a lot of fun, and she's she has a lot of stories to tell us. I think there could be one about her fortune. Um, so I think we need to get to some of that stuff, too. Let's, let's do it. Let's start fortune with Fortune sounds like you're talking about money. I don't have any of that. So. No. Not although I had a guy last night, foreigner, as I was buying gas, go, "Are you in on Bitcoin?" And I went, eh, "There could be a bubble, could be a bubble coming here." <laughs> Good okay. advice. Now, the interim head coach of the Giants, you know, mm-hmm. it's Steve Spagnuolo. You've been on the story. You were calling us from down there uh, in East Rutherford, right? And yeah. they named Eli the guy. So here's their head coach as of right now. I'll get your thoughts, Dan. Eli Manning will be the quarterback uh, for this football team in this game. Yep. Okay, the why. Eli, uh, all I can tell you is this, uh, when John Mara and I talked, one of the first things he, he asked it was about the quarterback situation, and I said, John, my gut right now is that Eli should be the starter. What you have to understand is when I was coaching just the defense, I have the blinders on and all I'm worried about is the defense. I stay in my lane. So I didn't have my eyes around what was going on on offense, who was playing, none of that. So I, went, I, I took my gut and visited with the offensive coaches 
And together with that and my gut, Eli Manning's going to be our quarterback. Okay, so Spagnolo says it's Eli. He's going. What else can you add to this story that you've picked up from just being around there? Because the whole thing still is kind of confusing. It's very confusing and dramatic and emotional. Um, I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard Eli now speak uh, to the members of the media, and, and just, even this past week on, on radio appearances that he did. Um, you know, he claims he's not bitter anymore. He's moved on. Uh, being a good person, a good teammate, all those Eli Manning kind of sayings that you expect from a guy like that because he he is uh, s- such a mature professional. I have a hard time believing, though. And listen, he he probably is high in character, but to think that he's not angry after all of this, he's not angry after that streak is broken for what? For 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 Ben McAdoo, who's no longer there, for Jerry Reese, who's no longer there, and he knows the truth, though. He knows that the owners are ready to move on from him because the owners made that call, and they wouldn't have made that call if they didn't if they thought that Eli was was going to be with them next season. So he he's just going to finish out here in New York and and move on as as the Giants are now starting their search for the new GM. You think he's gone? He's yeah, gone. Eli's wow. I think just from from gathering enough information from from not just people within the Giants organization, but even outside from 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 other teams that are talking about it. Everyone is planning on Eli Manning being no longer a New York Giant at the end of the season. Where's Spagnuolo from? Like, Vincenthurst? Like, too bad you couldn't hear it because I never noticed his Italian accent before. Like, What's his wrong Northeast, with that? No, 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 that's that? why yeah, I bring it up, Rossini. I thought you might have felt real no at home. meatballs for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Saints have been rolling, and you've been assigned to them more than anybody else, right? I mean, I understand their most Wait, recent losses. Can you the Giants somewhere. really quick? Yeah. This Dave Gettleman idea, you know, spent all these years in the New York Giants organization. And I had somebody um, with the Giants point this out to me because I said, what are they looking for here? What do you, how, how are they going about this? He goes, do yourself a favor. Go to the Giants website, pull up the bios of all the people on this staff. And you're going to notice something. If you notice it, call me back. Took a look at it. The assistant GM, the lead scout, the second scout, all have been there more than 15 years. The assistant GM's 15 years, the lead scout, 25 years. They don't make changes in New York. You know, we always talk about it, but I never really knew what that meant until I looked at the bios. And the fact that they're going back, that the lead candidate is somebody that has already been on their staff, it actually would make a lot of sense to go. That sounds like the style that the New York Giants would do. Someone they know, and he obviously knows all these guys that are already on the personnel, who are already part of this staff. The only thing that throws a little wrench in it is that they, they did make those firings you know, before the season. That was very unlike Giants. But the Dave Gettleman thing just makes a lot of sense. Where are you going this weekend? <laughs> I am going to Kansas City. We How got... disappointed are you in that fact? Why do you think I'm disappointed? Because. What's your favorite is it my city? Face? What is the city you want to go to the most? What's the one that gets oh. your fist pumping? Right now, I would say New Orleans. Despite the fact that I've had two sto- two phones stolen from there, um, that's another story, but I think that was right now, right now. Th- that city is rolling when the Saints win. And it, I know you can say that about every city, you know, when you have a, a winning team. I, I lived in New York when the Giants were, were making that run in the Super Bowl in 2008, and it was cool, but it's not like this. And to cover a team where the entire city is so into it, and there are Saints flags and shirts in every storefront, people are acting like like this is it again, like they are going to the Super Bowl, and then of course covering them is just really fun. Well, now that you've moved on from like Razoo's then, because you've been there so many times <laughs> as a local, uh, 
what how how are you being treated like are you are you seeing other sites are you doing things that that us tourists don't understand well i'm not a i'm not a tourist That's there. What I mean. oh, oh that, i see you're saying like, like like what have i learned and I as i really want to hammer that point home yes well i worked on the axe i i'm not i i am a local of louisiana no um i do feel like a tourist when i'm down there i still do things like i get my fortune told i walk around wait, wait, i'm back really up. i'm really into voodoo so now <laughs> you're into voodoo though for a while and it's just only been, <laughs> so what what happens when the fortune teller tells you your fortune? What did she say? And well, I don't want to judge, but I'm assuming female. It was a female. You don't run into a lot of male fortune tellers. It's just just realize that. That is yeah. interesting. Yeah. I wonder why. Sexist kind of? Yeah, that yes. is. Hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> when I got my fortune told, though, I just assumed it was something, you know, 10 bucks. And, you, you know, you, you tell me I'm going to have two kids, you know, and, and which. <laughs> Five is, bucks a kid. Yeah. You know, she basically like heard my last name was like Italian. Yeah. Probably four, you know. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the lady I get right, so I'm I'm with a friend of mine who who's also a reporter, and she gets told her fortune first, and I'm listening in. And she's, you're allowed to listen in, yeah, which is really cool, um, because it's kind of fun to like watch your friend freak out, like hearing her fortune, and she's like real serious about it too. So she's like looking in the eyes of the fortune teller, and the, the fortune teller tells her, you know, you're gonna get married, and you're gonna have kids, and you have a lot of money. And she's like, but what about my professional career? You're gonna be a star, like. She got everything. She got the whole she deal. She got the lottery. Like, go, go, go. Was it Beetle? Were you with Beetle? Standing <laughs> <laughs> Rossini's in studio with us. So your fortune. Man. What? How bad was it? I mean, there's just no hope for me in any area. It was like. Wait a minute. Come she on. She didn't do that. Well, no she way. picked up all my personality quickly. Like, she knew work was like my thing. So she's, so I said, you know, uh, where do you see my, you know, my career? You know, I'm, I'm trying to make some jumps over the next few years. She's like, oh, it's not gonna work. I said, well, I said, should I, should I change careers? She's like, yeah. <laughs> so now I'm sitting there, and so now my my brain is like going a million miles an hour. Like, well, do you have a suggestion? Like, like you know, and and she's like, you should do something with with people and talking. I'm like, that well, that's what I do now. It seems a little vague. It was very. What about vague. dudes? What did she say about dudes? Yeah, well, then I, that was my next thing because now I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm going to be unemployed, so I'm going to need somebody to pay my bills. So I said, well, <laughs> will I meet anyone soon? I hope. Yeah. Well, I didn't say love. I just said male. I said, well, what, what about like a male in my life? And she's like, oh, this is just really hard because I don't see anything there either. <laughs> I'm like, this, like, this is awful. This is the worst. I don't think these fortunes. I didn't know people did that. But here's the best. So you go at the end, you go to pay. She's like seventy dollars. Like seventy dollars for the worst news ever. Like for me to walk away, basically, I'm going to be broke, loveless, um, and I'll probably be doing her job soon. Just make it up. Well, (laughs) tell everybody that. But but my friend Jane, she's off living a great life. That's crazy that she went. Okay, I'm. She's getting the awesome fortune, and I'm giving this. I know. Would you love to know the background on like what, how they come up with that stuff? Oh, it's it's very easy. I could do it. I could do it next week. Oh, please, they read you like yeah, a book. Rogue. I must. Have, but I don't know what but about my person. Yeah, why did she dog know, you the exactly. whole time? Exactly. Do, do I have a vibe about me that's like hmm, sad? I could do your fortune right now. Will. Ooh. Go. Well, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think you hang out with somebody for three months, talk to them for three hours a day, and then go. <laughs> I can tell you your fortune. Yeah, that's the whole true. thing is predicated on meeting you in five minutes. Here's the thing with that. That's if why I'd be could, better at it. I would only do people that I knew. <laughs> if they could tell the fortune, they could tell us all about stocks and our lotteries. Exactly. And they could tell us who's going to win the game on Sunday. So, but you know com- what? I'm going to find love and I'm going to make money. So, there you go. But in a commercial break, will you tell me my fortune? Because I... I uh, we got some things. Yeah, by the way, from the sounds of that from Rossini right there, look out Kansas City. All right. <laughs> Here I come, barbecue. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Okay, Saruti came to us with something where I, I cannot 
believe he has this thing ranked as low as he possibly does. And it just it just happens. So do we have a piece of audio that we want to play a little bit later? We're going to do top five, bottom three here. We're going to do this thing on this job opening, right? All right. You want to do it later? I don't know. We're, we kind of, I think we've decided to do this uh, now. All right. Actually, you know what? We got breaking news. So we do. Okay. I got a million things going on. Will Kane, Rosillo Show. Hi, how are you? It's ESPN Radio. Forget top five, bottom three for now. Forget Arkansas right now because Sarita doesn't think Arkansas is a good job. We'll do that later. Uh, we have breaking news, a story we've been talking about now for months. ESPN.com's Adam Schefter, first reported by Pro Football Talk, confirmed by ESPN. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has been signed to a contract extension. <laughs> so what you're telling me is Mike Mitchell didn't get, didn't have a lot of influence last night. What's his name? The Pittsburgh. In the fight against cancer. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Didn't uh, didn't get this guy out of there. No, I think it's more your guy. Well, that's what the Jerry. Steelers defensive back was saying. I'm in with Jerry now. Throwing my lot with Jerry. <laughs> you didn't see those tweets? Did I did? I'm just after Juju's suspension. I'm out. I'm with Jerry. I'm with Jerry. So really, Goodell signed again, huh? Well, Jerry called off the dogs in the last couple of weeks, right? He had a little bit, yeah. And everybody thought this deal. I, I actually kind of agreed with some of the stuff that Jerry would say, though. Be like, wait a minute, if we still have a year and a half on this deal, what the hell's a rush? What are we doing? It makes a ton of sense. Yeah, we figure this out. Let's see how this is going. Now we have to figure out. Okay, what does this mean? Does it mean he got the exact same deal with the same compensation flow chart? Did he get the plane? Did he get the plane? Did he get the lifetime health insurance for he and his entire family? That's what I love about anybody making about $45, $50 million a year. Oh, and. And then people go, well, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. You're making $50 million a year. Why, do you, why can't you just pay for your own jet? Yeah, because it's nice to not pay for it. Those can rack up, too. Huge. Yeah. You ever taken a private jet? I played the fifth. Nah, yeah. Nah, I have. I have, yeah. Your plane? I got a little something back in Texas. No, <laughs> no way. No, I'm kidding. But I have. You have? I'm joking. Wait a minute. I don't understand. Are you afraid <laughs> to admit? Are you afraid to admit that you've been on a private jet multiple no, times? No, yes. I've been on a private jet multiple times. Yes. What you got on that? Have you? I'm sure you have. Twice, yeah. Not my jet. Shocking. I know. Yeah, not mine either. No, it's great when somebody invites you because the plane's already paid for, so they don't go, hey, your seat's well, going to cost... I didn't have to chip on that one time. If you did chip in once, that's that's more than I've ever done. I got pitched by wheels up on the way back from a football game, and I go, hey, thanks for the ride, guys, but I'm probably not at your level right now. Probably not. But you get on it once. Boy, it's a good time. So that's why I get why Goodell did this. What's the breaking news? That's the announcement. What does it really mean? What's the topic and all this? <sighs> I don't know. I don't think it's that surprising. I don't think, But I also didn't think it was that surprising for Jerry Jones to go, you know what, we pay you a lot of money. Let's just take a closer look at this thing. If that had been motivated by just some questions that were smart from a fiscal guy, okay. Was it all motivated by Ezekiel Elliott being suspended when he didn't think he was? Okay, a lot of people believe, believe, believe that too. I've heard strong arguments on both sides. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what this extension means because it's one of two things. It's either the committee pushed this thing through, that group of six guys with Arthur Blank as the head of the compensation committee said, we don't care about Jerry, we want to make our move, this deal's been on the table, everybody knows it could have been signed before and Jerry's trying to hold it up and it's the same deal and Roger makes out like a bandit in this whole deal, or if they changed around some of the compensation, some of the numbers, percentages, where Roger Roger did this deal. Like some of these people are going, oh, Roger's incensed, he could walk away. Be like, nope, no he's not. Because those NFL live hits are nice, but they're not going to pay the same. He made out like a bandit. Yeah. They didn't renegotiate this thing in the past month and a half on a total, like, let's just 
scratch this one. We'll start again fresh. They did yeah. not do that. Trey Wingo. Hey, I'm Trey Wingo with Diana Rossini, Damian Woody, and the former commissioner, Roger Goodell. Okay, emoji FaceTime. <laughs> What's your emoji for the Kansas first, City Chiefs? Damian's dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. Kamish, can you hold on for a sec? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he wasn't walking away. You're right. Your instincts are right on this, that the deal got done. The deal had been out there for a while. Jerry mucked it up for a bit, but it didn't happen. It was fun, though. It was fun doing those segments. What would they do? Who would they was get? Was it fun? Uh, I had fun on a couple of them, yeah. Because I understood Jerry's point. Like I've, As I've said all along, you can be making billions as owners, and some were arguing, hey, we're not, I'm not, as an owner, I'm not actually pocketing $50 million in this. I'd be like, okay, well, we'll see about that. Appreciation not being factored in and all that stuff. But that the owners, enough of them get messed with, like a Kraft, like a Jerry, like some other guys that have lost players. I thought maybe they go, hey, how much are you paying this guy to tell us we're wrong all the time? Right. Like that was my line. I liked that line. Did I credit you every time I said it? Did you say it somewhere else? Might have. This is going to come to your accusation that I repurpose your material. Uh, no, no. I, I, there's a different accusation. <laughs> what was it? So is oh, there, oh, 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 what was that one? No, it was, uh, I think one time I told you something off the air, and I was I was oh. afraid that you were using it in an argument like two weeks later. I caught you on first take. And Did I, I? Sounds a little bit like that inside info that I'd given him about something. Mm, I'm sad. I could be careful. I don't um, recall that. Is there something I'm leaving out here? Is there something no, I'm honestly, I, I don't. I don't. I think this thing's story has been drug out and built up and debated and negotiated, and it's reached its conclusion. And Roger Goodell, Bell's Whistle Celebration will be your commissioner for the foreseeable future. I don't love the giving you the after the fact, like, oh, this is exactly why this happened. Remember the Chip Kelly thing? Like, he won't go to UCLA. He loves Nike. Like, I don't know, Oregon seven years ago. Well, not seven. What, five? Yeah. Oregon five years ago. Get a bunch of sneakers and zip ups. Not going to take the UCLA job. Is mm. there Under Armour or Adidas? Excuse me, Adidas. Uh, Under Armour now. Oh, I'm gonna, I can't even keep track of it. Uh, and then he takes a job, and you go, "Oh, I guess, I guess that Phil Knight thing." So here's here's the question: Is this more about the owners going? We may not like him. We may think he gets paid too much. And I don't want to hear about all the revenue that Goodell's brought in because honestly, I think a lot of people are bringing in revenue in every single sport. I've said this over and over and over again. You think they say, do we want somebody else understanding the inner workings of this whole thing like he's understood it for the last 10 years? Do we right. want to invite somebody else? The bodies are. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good point, actually. Guy's up to speed. He knows what he's doing. He knows all our dirty laundry. He's not going to let it out. We can establish some level of trust with him. We want to bring in new guy. Have to show him the ropes. Show him we buried everybody. No. More interesting to me is something you just said about Chip. You want to stick with Roger Goodell? Do we no, need to stick with Roger Goodell? We, we can be done. We can be done. I would just Chip, if, if, if Chip had a do-over and he'd hung out just a little bit longer, would he rather have Oregon than UCLA? I don't know. I'm going to say no. I, I am too. I think a lot of people... I remember one time I got back together with a girlfriend and somebody said, you know, you need to be moving forward in life, not backwards. Yes. And I went, what if I still like her? Hey, sorry, still like you, but I'm a moving forward guy. Did it work out? No. <laughs> I think we're done here. That was the best follow-up question you've ever asked me. <laughs> Hit us up, one com Twitter feed, at Rosillo Show. It just was really insulting from the other person that said it. You're like, oh, I, you know, and I'm like, what are you, Tony Robbins? Like, shut up. Wish I was Tony Robbins. You'd be a good, I could see you doing that. Just killing it. 
He'd be a great life coach. What's his net worth? More than Goodell's? <sighs> Probably. Let's see if we can do that in our final segment. Yeah. His net worth nah, is higher. He's definitely, he's got to be. Because Goodell. Because that's made over $200 million, right? Yeah. He started in the mailroom, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Robbins started in the mailroom of life. <laughs> so that's different. Right. That pays less, probably. Thank you for listening to the Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast.